Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am on your host, Jake Christie, and I'm joined again, as always, by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Andy B is here. Um, yeah, he's good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm not speaking the third person, but, you know, teach their own. <laughs> We're here to talk about the first episode of season three. It's called Ghosts, uh, with an exclamation point at the end of it. Um, and Your mother. Yes, exactly. That that uh, Darren Aronofsky actually was stealing from this episode. Um, yeah. But did you see the clip of Jennifer Lawrence on Watch What Happens Live talking about that movie? No, I have not. He asked her in his segment "Plead the Fifth, where you have to you can only plead the fifth to one question. Um, what I was going to then, how much did you understand the movie? And she said five, but I was sleeping with the director. <laughs> I appreciate the candor. Yeah. And then she said, and so if you're ever confused by a movie, kids, and then looked at the camera and winked, which, God, when people tried to say that she wasn't funny, like, I, that revisionist history was bullshit. Like, come on. Why do we keep she tearing down our actresses? Why do we tear down our actresses, you know? Um, I, yeah, I know. I could talk about that for longer than this episode, which because I'm not a huge fan of this one. I'm just going to get out in front of it. Uh, but um, mostly because there's not really a case, which is kind of annoying. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah, that's true. So we start off, though, we don't start off in the 80s like usual. We start in 1995, where Henry and his partner find a stolen vehicle. And who's inside rocking some, honestly, like, really some hair in that car? Yeah, Sean. Sean's in there. He's macking on some goth uh, type of uh, younger woman. Goth, um, goth. He had major goth GF vibes. Yes, correct. Um, and of course, Sean's being a prick. Um, mm-hmm. And she's a little bit shocked that he seems to be able to talk to this cop like he knows him. And yeah, mm-hmm. he knows him because it's his dad, her dad, his dad. And mm-hmm. um, Henry gives him a little bit of tough love and basically, mm-hmm. yeah, brings him to the station. Yep. And he's asking someone to book him. We see a young Lassiter who's confused. He's got a pencil thin, not pencil thin mustache, but a thin mustache. Um, yeah. And yeah, so anyway, I, we cut back I, to. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I just realized that like Lassiter, like his the actor, just kind of reminds me of like a villain from like a, like a I don't know like a circus kind of like. He has like an old timey villain look to him. With he does. Head. Yeah, he looks like. He looks like if you gave him like prosthetic arms, he would be the guy on uh like, in like back then where they were like the 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 uh tank top thing and like with a big barbell you know oh, yeah, yeah, a, yeah 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 um yeah. anyway then we cut to a little place called central coast pharmaceuticals where gus picked up the phone and um sean's calling from his childhood bedroom because something disastrous has happened we talked about it last time but what happened yeah so henry basically wasn't able to spit out in all the times he tried to talk to sean that his mom was in town um and yeah uh apparently he hasn't seen her for three years and he's she's there for work i'm sure we'll find out what she does exactly um but yeah i mean i guess henry did try to tell sean but he definitely could have gotten it out a lot faster i think um that's the the key argument for the the reason why sean is so like feels like betrayed in a way by by this and he's obviously, I mean, if he hadn't seen her for like 10 years, I would understand the reaction, yeah. but three years is like, all right, man. Yeah. 
he's being unreasonable. Uh, Solomon tells me that it's not that he's not actually angry about the stuff he's saying he's angry about. Um, Correct. But anyway, uh, he finds an unopened box of Shrinky Dinks, which is a big deal. He finds a Furby, but uh, what are Shrinky Gus- Dinks? Are those those things that you pour water on? Yeah, I think so. They shrink. I don't know. They're before my time, but yeah, I believe so. Okay. Um, and Gus has doesn't have time for these problems from Sean though, because he has a new regional sales member manager named Ogletree that they call Little Pinochet. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little disrespectful to the Chilean people. Um, I mean, yes. unless 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 he's throw unless he's unless if you don't meet your sales quota, you get thrown out of a helicopter. I think that's a little inappropriate. But um, is that what happened? Anyway, that's what he. Yeah, that was what one of his famous things he would do to people, which you know, not great. Yeah, um, but uh, we then cut back to Sean Dan's going downstairs, and Henry's being a perfectly domestic husband. He's got cucumber sandwiches and cheese knives, and you know he's just really his energy is not matching Sean. Sean's very grouchy, and Henry's very nice and agreeable. Yeah, he's also got a nice, expensive bottle of Bordeaux. Um, yeah, he's very unlike himself typically. Um, and he gives Sean a glass of, or they give Sean a glass of wine. He downs it immediately. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he needs to take the edge off. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find out that his mom is in town to do psych evaluations for, for particularly the Santa Barbara Police Department. But she also goes all across the state, I guess, because she's gonna she's yeah. gonna go to like San Francisco. And I don't remember what the other place she says. Maybe LA, yeah, San I don't Diego, know. I think. Yeah, so, um, and they have dinner reservations for the night, but mm-hmm. uh, this is all a surprise to Sean. He hasn't heard about it, and Henry tries to explain it's because he doesn't have a phone, mm-hmm. um, which he lost, I think, in the previous episode? Yeah, in the previous episode, he dropped it. So anyway, yeah. Henry pulls Sean aside, and they have, like, uh, a bickering match, and Sean is, like, being, you know, pissy. Because like, obviously Henry could have done better at telling him, but there is also the thing of Sean just being, like, like Henry could have blurted it out, but then, but every single time Henry was like, "Hey, can we talk?" He's like, "No." So I really can't, you know. They're yeah, both just, long, but I yeah. also, I guess, the thing is, having been, I just have a, I have a very uh, sore spot in movies and TV shows for people that are, where people are rude to their parents. Like I don't have the, I don't even like have the great relationship with the rule of my parents. But just the idea of being like pissy like that, I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like you're an adult, like. I, you, you, you can't unless you're if you're over the age of fourteen. I don't think you should talk to your parents that way, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, as a thirty-five-year-old, I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't now. But I mean, there were some times in my twenties where it was a little more challenging. But that's a I, I guess. The thing, I guess, like in this context, it's kind of like it's not like Henry did anything that bad. He's just being like, you know, I don't know. Um, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. The only thing that I'll give Sean is that this also happened to coincide with the fact that his dad also started dating somebody like, right, towards the true. end of last season. So I think it's that. True. But it's also, regardless, like he's yeah. old enough to like not. I think yeah. at this point, he's still younger than me, right? They're like in their late 20s? Yeah, he's yeah, he's in his like early 30s, I think. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, we then cut to Gus meeting with Ogletree, who um, Ogletree was reading the paper and he saw Gus in the mummy case on the front page and Ogletree is uh, a little bit peeved at the idea that he has a second job and Gus tries to insist, no, it's not a second job. It's a hobby like collecting thimbles or carrier pigeons, which man, if you're a good on you, if you're doing carrier pigeons, I don't know how you have the patience to freaking train pigeons. I mean, it sounds fucking cool though. Um, I don't think that's lame. I think the collecting thimbles no. is a little lamer, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's when, you know, um, 
Ogletree mentions that they have an exclusivity clause. And I mean, yeah, so exactly. He mentions that he can't have two jobs more than once. And that's when he starts talking about like, it's more of a hobby and whatever. So Ogletree starts to also go through all the things that he's missed over the last, I don't know, X amount of time. And he's missed a few appointments. And, you know, as a result of all this, he's got something drafted up for him. He's got a little Mm -hmm. termination notice. And it's either he processes this or Gus quits his other job. Yep. And so he got, he makes a pretty clear decision that he put uh, decides he's going to quit psych. Um, yeah. So anyway, we then cut to the police station where uh, Madeline, the Sean's mother, once again, we talked about played by the great Stuttle Shepherd, which you miraculously guessed last episode. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just great stuff from you. Uh, <laughs> what can I say? You know, um, uh, in the Bible, um, Isaac, you know, he was a civil shepherd. But um, anyway, uh, so he actually wasn't that civil, now that I think about it. He, he fights, I think he actually fights God at one point. I haven't read the Bible in full, but I think that that happens. He Is Isaac head. the son of Abraham? Uh, yes, no, sorry, Abraham. No, no eh, who, who, fuck, I'm fucking up. Uh, Are you talking about Cain and Abel? No, who's the one who wrestles God? Is that not Isaac? Or is that... Um, uh, I wasn't uh, aware that was a thing. Oh, sorry. By, people are going to be so mad right now. Wrestle God. Jacob. Wrestles, yeah. Jacob does, right. Sorry sorry about that. Jacob wrestles God. Um, all that Old Testament stuff blends together for me. All of that's actually... I was going to say that's the more interesting part, which I do feel, but I don't want to get put... Don't don't say I said that. My last name begins with Christ. I can't say that. Um, but anyway... Hey, I mean, it's just, there's just, there's more drama. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more, I mean, the crazy, some crazy shit happens in the Old Testament. Um, yeah, no shit. But for the first, the, the New Testament is a lot, it's a Hollywoodized narrative. <laughs> it's, it's pretty linear. Um, anyway, so we learned that Henry and uh, Madeline met when Henry apparently twisted his ankle and had to get a psych evaluation. Um, yeah, I kind of fucking completely missed that section. That's um, yeah. Um, but sorry. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So basically, um, he's starting to learn a lot. Oh no, sorry. So she asked about the, the date that he had to cancel, um, yeah. in order to go to dinner with both of them. And that's when we found out that basically he was going to go on another, on the first, I think he was lying about it being the first date. Right? No, it was it was the first date. Okay, it was gonna be the first date with Sophie, the um, mm-hmm. yeah. the uh, what's it called? Yeah, you know. the assistant curator. And it's she mentions like you know you never go on second dates, you know. Um, and uh, Sean then mentions that uh, Henry was going on an eighth date with his bipolar British girlfriend, but of course they broke up. Sean's not in close contact with the. It's just it's, it's messy. Um, but I then we had cut a great to, time with her. Yeah, extent. oh, absolutely. Yes, got the minx, I believe, is what he referred to her as. Uh, or mink. Uh, anyway, the um, when we see Lassie talking to Vic, and be- we apparently learned that Lassie has discharged his weapon at the last four cases, which is ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. Like, I believe the status that most cops go... Go the average year for a cop, they never discharge the weapon. Which, if you think about it, makes sense because most of what cops do doesn't require that. Um, mm-hmm. Some might argue that almost all of them do doesn't. I would um, argue that case absolutely. Someone, someone, some might argue that unless the other person has a gun, it's not ever required. But you know, who's to say? Who's no. to say? But anyway, we learned that the last time he did it was at a cat show, 
um, which I know you're, but you have meow. You'd never shoot a cat, right? Uh, no, I certainly would not. No, I mean, I don't think I'd shoot any animal. Um, yeah, it would have to be like, kill a, me. I mean, like I, I, anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge fan of bears. you right. Like this is the thing that's known about me. Um, if you see, if you see a good bear video, obviously tweet it to me. Um, but I suppose if a grizzly bear was charging at me, I'd shoot him or her and I feel bad about it. But like beyond that, like, I don't think I'm going to shoot any animal that's not going to kill me. Um, and so he's getting a psych evaluation, which obviously he doesn't want, but he's going to get, then we cut to central coast pharmaceuticals where, um, Gus is walking and he's like, Hey, Katie, Kathy, Sean, Sean is at the office. And because Sean's there to confront him about quitting psych. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, uh, and because essentially what we learn is that Gus um, broke, <laughs> I'm going to just use the words broke up with the psych business over text, which is just a really heinous way to do it. Um, I mean, and, you know that that's how Rory McElroy broke up with Caroline Wozniacki when they were engaged. Well, he's a spineless coward, so, you know, no yeah, wonder he's true. never and, wanna... and, and, and guess who rebounded that? Guess who rebounded that? The great rebounder, David Lee. Anyway, continue. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, has he I just want to make that joke that a yeah, rebound. Yeah, I gotcha, yeah. Because he got a lot of has, rebounds. He was a 20 and 10 guy. Uh, maybe like a year. <laughs> Not for his career. Um, what? He, he, he was a 20 and 10 guy? Wow. He was a 20 and 10 no guy. There's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. Okay. I'm going to see how many years he averaged 20 and 10. Maybe just... No, 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 no. That was not what we were talking about here, yeah. asshole. Okay. Uh, he averaged 20 and 10 exactly one year. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Twi- oh, yeah. One year. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Well, if you round if you round up if for rebounds, one year he had 9.6 rebounds, so it would be two years. But um, mm-hmm. I heard my, my dad loves to speak in short sports platitudes, and that would be one of his things about David. A 20 and 10 guy. The best one of all time is, you remember the role player Chris Copeland? He'd be like, oh, Chris Copeland, that's instant yes. offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, and not true. I think he anyway, did the Pacers or something. Yeah, Chris no, Cole, I mean, he was. Sorry, but, what I was gonna is... say, did, did Rory McIlroy win uh, a major after he broke up with Caroline? I think he's cursed. I, I think he did. I think he has. Um, let me see. He hasn't won in like fucking ten years or something. So majors. Yeah, you're right. He uh, no, yeah, he won the. Uh, wait, yeah, you're right. He hasn't won a major since 2014. So yeah, yeah. Trump, Trump behavior. But anyway, um, yeah, he doesn't want him to quit. And we learned that Gus makes 48 grand a year, which um, let me choose the inflation calculator. Because that doesn't seem like a nearly enough for what a pharmaceutical how, for like how nice his office is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I was making more as a secretary. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't even want to say how much I make. No, don't. don't, don't. I mean, I, I, didn't, I just said more. But also I live in New York, so like you got to make a lot. Um, Okay, actually, no. That's a, in today dollars. That's about sixty nine thousand dollars. So that's not horrible. Oh, okay. So I wasn't. I wasn't making more than that. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So now you can guess. You can guess the range of how much money I was making. But we learned that he gives sixteen thousand dollars a year to Sean and claims as a dependent, which is funny. And but we then learned uh, that Sean is yeah. committing a mortal office in. He is eating Bianca's parpadelli. Yeah, you know, you never eat someone's food out of the fridge. Um, I, I mean, I have to ask, has it ever happened to you? No, because I usually just bring, like, a boarding sandwich, and, you know, no one's going to take that. Um, okay, gotcha. Has it ever happened to you? No, I don't. No, I, I can't pinpoint oh, The it. thing is, I've never, I've never worked in an office big enough where it wouldn't be clear who did it. Like, I've never worked in an office where they could do that without risking me walking by and seeing them eating it, you know? 
I see. Okay. No, I mean, it definitely could have. No, it's happened to me. Yeah, it's happened to me. And I caught them, oh. actually, now that I think about it. Damn. Now, Chad's learned to make her own parbadel. I mean, parbadel is the lazy pasta to make if you're going to make pasta, but it takes effort to make any pasta at all. So, um, yeah. You it's don't need like a machine. Extremely, like, it just thick, strips. Right? No, it just strips. Like, it's basically the one you don't need any sort of machine to make. Um, which, once again, no disrespect. It's still hard to make, but it is a notable. That's the thing I want to note. Um, gotcha. But Bianca then comes by because Bianca is Mr. Haversham's um, secretary. Uh, receptionist. And. Uh, receptionist. No, I, I'm not. I was a secretary slash receptionist. I don't have any sort of feelings about that. Um, okay. But uh, Haversham is the VP and wants to see Gus. Um, and Gus tries to carry Sean out of the office, and Sean goes boneless, which is always a good move if you don't want to get carried somewhere. Right, yeah. No, that did make me laugh. Uh, and so this is when we meet Habersham, who's played by the great Christopher McDonald, you know? Um, yeah. Big move for him for me, because he just he uh, it just is actually on the new Marvel show Secret Invasion, where he plays a Fox News host equivalent, who is secretly an alien disguise, which is fun, which I figured is a good role for him. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you can imagine him being a Fox News host. You know, it's a no. Of course, of course. I mean, I'm not gonna shit on uh, your. Uh, you can shit on it all you want, but I mean, the idea of aliens disguising as people is not. A, that's a pretty universal sci-fi concept. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Um, but <laughs> yeah, Christopher McDonald. He's great. Um, I mean, to me, he's always gonna be Shooter McGavin. Like number mm-hmm. one, he's always gonna yeah. be that. You know when he got pulled over for drunk driving once? When he got pulled over for drunk driving once, he said, um, you know Happy Gilmore? Um, and he's, yeah, he should remember Gavin for me too. I mean, yeah. Happy Gilmore is a movie that lasted enough where it definitely was still big when I was growing up. So, um, Gotcha. He's also uh, very so, funny in Dirty Work where he plays basically the same character. Is that the Norm MacDonald movie? It is the Norm MacDonald movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that in so long. I just, I want to revisit I it. I watched it for the first time after he died, and it's problematic, but there are some funny bits. It's mostly just Norm playing himself, which is yeah, funny. Yeah, I don't know why, but, like, I remember I hadn't thought about that movie in forever, um, for a long time, until that one movie came in, and I know you've seen it. It's that Jeremy Piven one? Uh, where, like, they play, what? like, a car dealer or some the shit? Goods, the know. Goods Live Hard, Sell Hard? I don't know why it reminded me of that, for whatever reason. Uh, oh, because there's the scene in Dirty Work where David Koechner is a used car salesman, and as revenge, they put a bunch of fake uh, dead prostitutes dead in prostitutes, the back of his yeah, car. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, and then and Norm is like, "Oh my god, look at all these dead hookers in the back of these cars!" You know. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Mr. Haversham's wife thinks his house is haunted, and so he hires Sean and Gus to investigate it. We learn that Mr. Haversham is very. Um, accomplished he's very accomplished he made the polo his dad made the polio dome i mean the polo dome um he redid their whole he like fixed their inventory he like restocked their inventory somehow um mm-hmm. and gus though is adamant to telling sean that they're going to be above board and no screaming because everyone there thinks that his nickname is fearless guster yeah which i'd be curious to see how that um started because i can't picture him st- maybe no. like starting that that rumor or nickname or whatever, but yeah. So they got to solve this. Um, obviously for the sake of Gus's reputation and for the sake of his fucking, uh, job status. Mm-hmm. So we go back to Lassiter and Madeline. Um, they are in their first session and mm-hmm. that's like, you know, Lassiter is already on edge. Um, and Madeline basically tells him that she has an eidetic tonal memory. So, mm-hmm. 
it's not like she has a photographic memory, but she can remember everything for the most part that she hears. And this automatically gets Lassiter suspicious, and he starts looking around for a bug, and I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to find one. Yeah. Then Gus rolls up to the house. It's looking spooky. He sees what looks like a ghost in the window. He goes inside. Um, so someone's sneaking around behind him. He's scared. Turns out, of course, it's Sean and Haversham's bathrobe. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, we learn that uh, Haversham's Dutch Indonesian housekeeper let him in and made him a big pancake. Um, you know, he's just he's living a good life right now. Yeah, yeah. But then he puts uh, on his clothes over. He puts his clothes on over the robe, which then when they meet up with Habersham, Habersham thinks he's wearing an ascot, which I think is very funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's doing his best uh, Fred from Scooby Doo impression, mm-hmm. um, and so far he's impressing him, but that doesn't last very long because um, they go into they start to go through the house, and I think they go into his office or something. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yes. And Habersham tells him that they can't touch anything, but Sean assures him that. He's going to have to touch some things. He's going to have to mm-hmm. smell some things. And he's going to have to maybe lick some things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And judging by Habersham's reaction, Gus, or sorry, Sean intimates that he's not a true believer. And mm-hmm. that's when Habersham lets him know that, yeah, his wife is a real believer. And he's a little bit more of a skeptic, which causes mm-hmm. Sean to throw him out of the room um, because he's going to affect his jujubes. And jujubes, of course, are candy, as uh, Habersham points out. And so, um, and so, uh, Sean's snooping around. He looks into a photo album and he sees an old lady with a bunch of photos, put a pin in that. Um, mm-hmm. and he's going through his phone and, you know, just trying to, to figure stuff out. But then he goes downstairs and, uh, Haversham's dog Maverick starts going nuts, barking at nothing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, some of the spooky's going on. Um, mm-hmm. and Gus's his feet won't move. But then we cut back to the police station where Lassie just got uh, out of his first session, and how did he handle it? Um, he thinks he's he's got it. Um, unfortunately, the reason why he thinks he has it is because he's playing... He's not in the session as himself. He's playing basically a character uh, that Clint Eastwood played in a movie I've never even heard of in my life. Heartbreak uh, Rich. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Okay, yeah, it's definitely not mentioned among like a lot of people. I don't think I've ever heard it. Well, yeah, I don't know. I it's I, I don't know if it's uh I mean the thing about Clint is he's made so many fucking movies that mm-hmm. um yeah, you can't really uh you can't remember half the stuff he's done. But anyway, um we then cut to them trying to go into the basement. They can't go in the basement, apparently he has mold spores. Um but they do notice that uh Habersham has some Dutch cocoa which apparently mm-hmm. his uh, maid makes him every night. And so they go to get some, and they're looking outside, and they see something really spooky out in the forest. What do they see? They see, like, a woman in a white dress, like, creeping out in, like, the little fog and, like, the trees. And that causes <clears throat> Sean to drop his uh, Dutch cocoa cup, which makes Habersham run upstairs. And, like, I thought this was going to be a thing where, like, Sean's going to be the only one that have seen that would have seen it, but... Gus sees it, and then when Habersham rushes up there, he sees it too. And, you know, he asks, like, what are we going to do now? Um, and Sean is starting to chicken out at this point, which is very yeah. curious because mm. it, typically that's the Gus role, but maybe he's mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, playing against type mm-hmm. for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he suggests so, El Taco, which I don't think is something you've ever had. No, it's not. But that's just because it wasn't really something that was – I didn't I didn't grow up near one. And then – yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's none in New York, so. 
There are in Florida, but just none near enough to me where I would have had one going up. Anyway, so Fearless Guster and the gang go out. Sean, they split up. Sean yells, I got her! And he's got just an empty dress. Um, mm-hmm. Which is spooky. Cut back to the sessions with Madeline and Henry. Henry shows his gun that apparently he bought instead of getting a divorce attorney in his separation, which is a bad idea. Uh, you, you know, I can tell you for sure that Henry's getting his freaking... His whole... He's losing everything um, mm-hmm. if he's trying to represent himself. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then this is when Madeline points out that she reminds he reminds her of Heartbreak Ridge, which is funny. Um, right. Then we cut to Sean the next day, peering into the basement, looking around, and uh, things seem normal except when he comes out. Dot dot dot. Uh, they run into Hadwich. No, did you not notice what happened? Where his his smoke was coming out of his mouth? No, I did not. No, I didn't until until later on. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. He then introduces Gus as Lemongrass Gobble, um, and uh, the maid mentions that she she came back on Sunday after forgetting her bag and heard a lady speaking, even though Mrs. Haversham was out of the house, so suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. And so then Sean and Gus are sitting in the living room, um, mm-hmm. and Sean desperately wants to bounce, um, but Gus, you know, because he wants to solve the case and be back in the good graces of Haversham and, you know, the company. He wants to stick around. And, I mean, Sean has a good reason for wanting to leave. He has a dinner reservation, mm-hmm. technically, with his mom. He's not making it up. But, you know, Haversham asks him, like, where are you going? And right as, like, Sean starts to make all these excuses about wanting to leave, um, all the lights start flickering um, mm-hmm. in different parts of the house. First, it's right next to them. Then it's, like, a little bit more in the distance. And then they just all start freaking out. Yeah. So... That doesn't stop Sean from taking off, though. Yeah. And Sean shows up at the restaurant, and it turns out Henry tagged along because he was lonely. And Madeline's going to the bathroom, and so Sean sees Henry. He's wearing a suit, and he's just mad about, like, you know, him being all fancy, pretending to be someone else. He got a braised quail salad. Um, And Henry says, I think the thing that, you know, has been the subtext of all this, I'm sorry you think I screwed up your life. Get over it. Um, Which. Is something that I think I would want. At this point, I would tell Sean, like, come on, man, you stop it. Yeah, long overdue. Um, and so Sean basically storms off, but not before telling him that he knows what he's doing here and he wants him to leave his mom alone. Exactly. Um, and so they, uh, back at the house, um, they get a phone call. No one's there. They get a call again, and it's from the number of the house. The call is coming from inside the house. <gasps> yeah, I need to watch that movie. Um, yeah, no, I, so, I've never seen it, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll watch the original, not the new one. Um, and so eventually, they get someone on the line, and it's just like really rasp. According to the closed captioning, is a lot of raspy whispering, and you know it does sound kind of freaky. Um, and Gus, you know, steps up to the to the occasion and he's going to go check it out. The, the one room that has a phone that's not plugged in, um, mm. that wouldn't be connected to the line is in the attic. So he goes up there and, mm. you know, he's starting to hear it a little bit more as he goes down the hallway. And to me, it didn't even seem like it was the attic. It seemed like it was like, yeah, just, just another room upstairs. Floor. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes, he listens to the door. He turns the handle, he walks in and it turns out it's been Sean the whole fucking time. He's basically yeah. set up this whole haunting. Yeah. That he was going to do it to Ogletree, but Ogletree's not a suspicious person. Heard about Haversham's wife being, like, a suspicious, like, a, a you know, scared of ghosts. 
And so, yeah, we learn that he did this all by first with the dog. He used an ultrasonic beeper. He put some dry ice in his mouth. The woman in the forest was just an actress he hired. Um, some pretty dry ice shit, in your mouth is so stupid. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, so um, we then cut to uh, Henry. Sorry, not Henry. Uh, Lassie's making a breakthrough. Yeah, he's making a breakthrough. Um, he's having, he's discussing like some sort of dream he's had. I, mm-hmm. That's what I took it as. Yeah. Um, his father's involved in it. I, I'm not really sure of the significance of it. I don't know if we've gleaned enough from. No, that I don't care. Scene. Honestly, I, we, we can go over if you want, but I. Uh... Nah, yeah, that's kind of it. But um, yeah. that's when, you know, he starts to think it's liberating to trust someone with his secrets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, speaking of secrets, she lets him know that she's Sean's mom. Exactly. So. We cut to the office where they're telling Habersham that the ghost is gone. They can guarantee it. Um, and uh, yeah, Habersham is like, huh, that's strange. Though. How do you guarantee it? Because when you went upstairs, right before the phone went off the line, I heard the voice say something. It said, Gus. And so basically, he's making it clear, like, this is Gus is going to get fired. And uh, it's the end of him. Um, and Oval yeah. Street's outside waiting for him. Uh, really, Sean fucked him over. Except for the the card he has in his back pocket correct yeah um yeah gus leaves the room because sean asked to talk to haversham haversham Mm. by himself Mm. and he he starts to talk about how he was raised by his grandmother Mm -hmm. and the ring that his wife wears now is his grandmother's ring Mm -hmm. and then that somehow gets to the idea of sean intimating that haversham is having an affair with his secretary yeah. And the way he knew that was because the cup that he drinks the Dutch cocoa out of is the same, like, glassware, mm-hmm. cookware. As yeah, the... and also he knows he's having an affair because the lady voice that the maid heard. Correct, um, correct. But on but top the of that, the yeah. yeah, on top of that, he knows he is committing fraud by repackaging samples because when he looked in the basement, that, that's where he saw a bunch of pharmaceutical samples. Um, yeah, not for resale so, and shit like yeah. that. Yes. And uh, so Habersham so, is like, is this a shakedown? Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. He's like, is this a shakedown? And Sean's like, no, all I want is for you to uh, let us continue to do our work. Yeah. And he agrees to do that. And not only that, but Gus gets a nice little raise as a result. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's great. This couldn't have worked out any better. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Kind of and then we have the end bit where uh, Sean and Madeline are talking. We learn that Henry's going to stop by the police station soon, but they're having a conversation and um, they go into Vic's office, which is empty. And Sean basically puts it out there that, you know, he left us, he left you, he ended up with the house and you were on your own. And uh, Madeline reveals something that Sean clearly didn't know and is kind of shattering to his whole view of his what happened with his life. Yeah, basically... Henry's not the one that left them. Madeline's the one that left them. She, you know, Henry was more than willing to continue with um, uh, counseling and with, you know, just just sticking it out, staying together for the kids. Is that the yeah. name of the Blink One Eight Two song? Yeah. Uh, so here's your holiday. Together. Yeah. I'll yeah, help yeah, yeah. you enjoy this time. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, essentially that's what was going on. And Madeline got a job opportunity that would have led to her, you know, being out of Santa Barbara. And she, you know, she wants to make it known that she didn't want to leave Sean specifically, but 
which is kind of a really fucked up way of saying it, but she felt like once she left, she could begin again, which... Yeah, it's fucked up. Know. It's The thing is, I think the thing is, I think the reason I like that bit is that it is fucked up, and I think she knows it's fucked up, and I think it's kind of like, you know, uh, one of the fucked up things that parents can do is sometimes... Uh, there's no good way to explain to a kid that you made a decision that is not about them. And, um, but also should she not be able to make a career decision when her son is a senior? Like there's, it's a complicated thing. And I appreciate that. It's not a neat thing where she's like, and it all worked out in the end. Like, no, she did make a selfish decision. Um, but you know, uh, we don't know what it did for her and we won't know that much what she did, did for her. Cause a uh, civil shepherd is only an occasional guest star. <laughs> she's not. Okay. A, yeah. She, I think she'll be she back. Yeah. She'll be back, but not like frequently enough where I know what her life was like. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so now Sean knows that, um, Henry is basically, he's the, he's not the person that he thought he was. And sure enough, he shows up and he's Mm. checking himself out in the mirror because it seems, and I don't think we'll ever see it, but it seems like he's trying to win her back in some way. Right. Yeah. Because he never gave up on it. You know, he, um, and I think that he, you know, never, uh, got over it you know i think the whole thing is that like he clearly like let her go um but i think the reason why there's so much contention between him and sean is because he for madeline's sake allowed sean to live with the narrative that he was the bad guy in order to make sean not hate his mother he was willing to take that on and i think that that is a really shitty position to be in it is also a position that made me remind reminded me of the wonderful 2022 film the fablemans in which uh paul dano's character did something similar um and just in steven spielberg's life uh did something i haven't similar. seen it um but yeah i think that's an interesting oh it's such a good movie it's 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 unbelievable um, i know i want to yeah. see it but i need it's, to wait for uh, al to watch it with me yeah it's uh it's it's a great movie because uh, it's about it's one of those movies that makes you think like you know every director makes a movie about like when i was a kid i learned movies were magical and steven spielberg makes a movie and it's like when i was a kid i learned movies alienate you from the people around you and you can't really engage with the world if you're always seeing it through a camera um anyway uh, gotcha great stuff. So, but yeah. uh not as great stuff as this episode in my opinion what do you give it out of 10 oh i gave it a 7 out of 10 I gave it a 6.5. I think the fact that there's no Woo! actual case just annoys me so much. It just It's just so dumb. Like, come on. I just don't... I don't need... Ugh. It feels like kind of just a way... I mean, I guess the thing I like... The, I like that there's a procedural show and there's no procedure here. It ends up being just a whole con. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I think, that th- I think that this might be, like, for a while, the only episode I can think of that I would give a low rating to for a very long time. Um, so... Okay. Because this, this Olivia, is... Olivia the show really picks up steam. I mean, not that it didn't already pick up steam, but you know. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Andre, we people follow you on Twitter. You could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at Jake Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest psych fan in your life. And more important than that, tune in later this week as we talk about murder. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? 